Welcome to Haunted Hospitality, Southern Stories Told by Spooky Gingers. I'm Robin. And I'm Zoe. And we made an oopsie-daisy. We did. Well, okay, I made an oopsie-daisy. So, um, in case you can't tell, uh, we are recording virtually. So Robin is at her house, and I'm at my house. And Soup is walking in front of my mic, so I apologize. But... um, (laughs) Uh, we recorded this virtually because our October is very busy, and we did a test run where I made sure to select the correct microphone, and it was it worked. It was beautiful. It was perfect. And then we started recording for reels this time, and it changed which microphone it was recording from, and it was recording from my PlayStation 5 controller that's connected to my t- computer. Which I don't even know why it has a mic, but <laughs> so the audio on my side was unintelligible. You could not understand anything. And for context, we recorded for three hours. <laughs> yes. Yes. We recorded for three hours and we have to toss it. So Robin and I have actually already told these stories to each other. So we won't be getting genuine reactions from each other. However... So what we guys need you to do is to, whenever you hear something that surprises you, audibly gasp wherever yes. you are. I don't care if you're sneaking listening to this in class. When I say it was a coffin, you go, oh, what? Exactly. <laughs> also, um, I don't know. We don't really advertise this, but we do have a, a YouTube page. And eventually, once I get caught up, this will be on our YouTube because we are recording our faces and um, Soup is right here being absolutely adorable, and Remy is yes, in the background. Yes, really this episode. <laughs> and Remy is in Robin's background, just seeping. Yeah, she's right there, but, like, when we say background, she's in the corner of the room. Soup is, like, all over you. Remy is, like, <laughs> I'm having my quiet time. I'm having my space. Why are you talking so much? Exactly. But, um, so, last time when we recorded this, Robin, we briefly discussed... Uh, the Zodiac Killer, which that news came out the day we were recording, which was the 6th, and now it's the 10th, and mm-hmm. I know you and I plan on doing a TikTok about it, if you haven't already. I haven't, <laughs> but I have thought about it. <laughs> <laughs> but um, just real quick, I do want to bring it up. I think last time we talked about it for about like a whole 5-10 minutes, but I do want to mention it really quickly before we um go into yeah so the original articles that were coming out were saying we solved it we figured out the zodiac killer and that day both robin and i were like "Mm, did you though and now i've been seeing more and more articles from cnn the guardian saying guys it's, it's just another suspect it's not actually the killer and you know what um i looked at some of these articles i looked at the cnn article and one other that's from a reputable source and they made an editorial decision that i'm actually glad we get to redo this because of their editorial decision they decided not to share the name of the new suspect because i mean people are going around saying this guy is a zodiac killer and you know he's been he passed away in 2018 but you know it's a matter of respect for we it's circumstantial evidence at best linking it and we included his name in the previous recording uh not really thinking about it too much right um and i say we don't include it this time okay well um this new suspect uh they had three pieces of evidence connecting him um there was well i say evidence but it's not really one his forehead linkages how about linkages (laughs) okay Link one was his forehead wrinkles matched the forehead wrinkles of the forensic sketch of the potential killer. And, I mean, okay. One, just saying it out loud sounds so ridiculous. But two, those are some very distinctive forehead wrinkles. Yeah, and they're calling them scars, but they just look like wrinkles to me. He just thought in a very peculiar way and turned his (laughs) forehead in a very peculiar way because of it 
And I doubt whoever gave that sketch, that description to the sketch artist was like, and if the wrinkle goes down one degree and then back up another degree, you know, like I doubt they, I, I think they just said they have a scar on their forehead shaped like a Y and the forensic sketch artist was just like, boop, boop, boop. And the person was like, yeah, that's close enough. Yeah. And I mean, he looks somewhat similar to the sketch, but not completely. No. Um, and, I mean, the other thing about this Zodiac Killer is that there's apparently two completely different descriptions of him out there. So, exactly. how do you know who to follow? How do you know they're all by the same guy? And uh, you you go on with your linkages. I'm, okay. I'm just rattling on. You go on with your linkages. So, the second link is that there was one case, a killing of a woman um, with the last name Bates that happened 100 miles away from the other Zodiac killings. And... The new suspect used to be a house painter, and at Bates's, at the crime scene, there was a paint-splattered watch that was left behind by the killer. And so they're like, oh, this new suspect could be the killer and left that watch behind. But already the FBI is like, mm, no, that Bates case isn't actually part of the Zodiac killer. Like, there was one letter that was written in that said, I am the Zodiac Killer, and I killed Bates. And then, like, years later, they were like, oh, no, I'm kidding. I'm not the Zodiac Killer. I didn't kill Bates. It was just a sick joke. So, and that plus... situation uses me. Yeah. And plus, finding a paint-splattered watch and this person happened to be a painter, that's not evidence. There's a lot of people who paint. No. Yeah, I painted my living room recently, and I just have this one outfit that's completely ruined because of paint. Well, and clearly, I, I didn't kill anybody. Yeah, clearly you're the Zodiac killer. Then, <laughs> I mean, listen, no, I'm not. Check my forehead. I, not, I feel like I'm Harry Potter. Oh my god! Exactly. And then the I, third wait, link, like I'm Harry, Harry Potter. <laughs> But the third link, the third link was the one that's, like, the most convincing. However, they didn't release enough information about it. So the third link was was that they said the name of the new suspect was the clue to unlocking the Zodiac Killer's, what are they called? Diagrams? Not diagrams. Code. Code, yeah. But they didn't release what it unlocked like they didn't release how they figured out that it unlocked it they didn't release what the code translated to or anything like that so we really need more information there yeah and there was a zodiac code that was broken i think last summer or it could have been a completely 2020 that makes sense um i feel like we would have i feel like if it had happened while we were doing this podcast we would have covered that briefly like we're doing right now um and they, I mean, I think it was, like, a husband and wife who were just like, hey, let's just crack the code. And they did. And, I mean, when they cracked it, the the message was released. That was part of the announcement. Mm-hmm. I, I don't see why you wouldn't release it. Because, I mean, if you took out all the letters that make up the guy's name, that's relatively large amount of letters. I don't know what message you would craft without them I, we don't know if the message makes sense it could just be that they think it does right. and the other thing that's confusing about the zodiac codes is that he misspells things sometimes right. so you're working with you're not working in a perfect system exactly and like you could make assumptions knowing that he misspells things sometimes so you can stretch it a little bit then more than it should be stretched to make it work if you really think this person is the killer mm-hmm Um, Though I do have to say there has been one thing that popped in that to me it's like, hmm, this wouldn't make sense unless he was the Zodiac Killer. So apparently people have been going to his private Facebook page, which, ick, um, until this guy's like confirmed to be the Zodiac Killer. That's a little, but anyway, (laughs) and apparently somebody's was like a friend of Facebook friend of him. His was taking photos, posting it on his wall, and saying, Zodiac! And then saying whatever message he wanted to say. Oh, like before this? Before he passed away. Yeah. And so... Imagine just being the Zodiac killer and you have a friend that is just, like, posting it to your wall all the time. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I... 
anyway, sorry. That was just, I, that feels like a weird, either, mm. okay, that's weird. Yeah, so I don't know. I don't know what's happening, but um, I, I might as well call that our life update, Robin, the Zodiac Killer and our oopsie. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but do you want to get into the something spooky? Yeah, let's do it. All right. So, Robin, you already know the story, but we're going to do this again. So last time, well, last episode that was released, I did the origin of the jack-o'-lantern. So now I'm going to give you the origin of trick-or-treating. So Thank you. You're welcome. You should know this. So as so Robin apparently did not know, uh, Halloween was originally a holiday called Samhain. It was a pagan religion, and it's when, or religious holiday, there we go, a pagan religious holiday, and it was when they believed that the veil between the land of the dead and the land of the living got thin, and the land of the dead people were able to travel into the land of the living. So bad ghosties and spirits would be able to come into the land of the living, but also good ones would be able to, and they had all sorts of ceremonies and things like that. Um, related to those. Now, trick-or-treating started because of this when people would uh, dress up in animal skins to drive away the bad ghosts and spirits. And then they would put food out into the town center so that the spirits and ghosts that wanted food would go there instead of bothering the individuals at their houses. And then that transformed into what they called mumming, where you would dress up as the ghosts and spirits and go to people's doors asking for food and drinks and things like that. Um, I don't really know how it transferred into that other than just being like, oh, you know, it'd be funny is if I dressed up as one of the ghosts and bothered neighbor Bob, you know. <laughs> <laughs> But then Christianity came in and a tactic that Christianity used to convert people and keep them converted was to take their holidays and make a similar one in Christianity that fits their more their moral code, I guess. So that way you weren't losing out on the fun of what you're used to by being a Christian. Because people are going to celebrate. Yeah, they're going to want to celebrate, especially on Harvest Day, which is usually when Halloween falls. So, of course, when food is plentiful, they're going to want to celebrate. I'm sorry, can you say that word again? Harvest Day? Plentiful. Plentiful? One more time. Plentiful. Okay, so I'll say it plentiful. You're saying plentiful. Okay, that could be like a... One of those things where I've only read it before. <laughs> I'm probably just be. Maybe it's also like a different uh, section of the U.S. says it one way versus another. That is true. But, but anyway. I, just, I needed you to be aware. <laughs> that I say plentiful. I yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. So Christianity came up with their own holiday called All Souls Day for November 2nd. And... What you would do is the poor people would go souling to the rich people houses and they would trade prayers for the rich people's families for soul cakes, which were tiny little pastries. And that's how they would get their food for the night, I guess. Um, and, and that was on Harvest Day? No, that was on All Souls Day. Okay. On November 2nd feel like we should just make sure people have enough food in general, but that's just me. Mm -hmm. That's just me. Yeah. <laughs> so kind of in um, children would see this, see their parents going, oh, I'll do something for you if you give me food. So the kids would go up to people's houses and say, hey, I'll entertain you for five seconds if you give me a treat. Um, so that would be nuts berries, um, ale, uh, and the kids would recite a poem, they would uh, sing a song, they would do a little mini skit, and that would be their trick for the treat. Ho, ho, ho. Okay. Yeah, yeah I see what you did there. Exactly. 
So this took place in Ireland and Scotland. And so a lot of the early settlers were Irish and Scottish in America. So they continued the tradition when they got here. And in the 1920s, aka the Roaring Twenties, people were a little bit more chaotic than they were in the past. And so kids started incorporating pranks and um, including like egging people's cars. (laughs) Well, I guess they didn't have cars in the 20s, but egging people. They did. They They did. did. They had less cars. Egging their carriages, maybe. Yeah, there we go. Or their horses, uh, painting on their fences. Don't egg the horse. (laughs) I don't know. But basically it became trick or treat at this point, because if the people didn't give them the treats they wanted, they would then perform a trick upon them. So that's when the... So this is a hostage situation now. Yes, it's now a hostage situation and it's now being called trick or treat. <laughs> um, so then Halloween almost died during World War II during the sugar rations. And so people kind of backed down on doing Halloween um, and trick or treating when the baby boom happened after um, World War II was over Uh, companies were like, ooh, you know this holiday that centers around giving children candy where people were forced to buy candy? Let's get into that and start promoting that. So sugar companies or candy companies started majorly promoting Halloween, being like, oh, it's all the rage. And then, of course, the textile companies came in and said, hey, we'll make you a costume where you can buy it. So um, from there... It became a capitalistic ideal, and so now it's the trick-or-treating that we know today. Can I give you three fun facts, two of which you probably already know? Yes, please. Uh, Capitalism is behind a lot of different trends that we think just existed. Uh, So De Beers Diamonds was behind people getting diamonds for their engagement rings, Mm because beforehand it could just kind of be anything. Uh, Oh, there was obviously Valentine's Day. Obviously, that's candy and Hallmark. Mm -hmm. And then eggs for your morning breakfast. Really? It didn't just happen. Some guy was like, I'm in charge of trying to get people to buy eggs. And then he asked this guy, okay, what is important to eat for breakfast? And the guy was like, protein. And the guy was like, eggs are in protein. (laughs) Protein isn't eggs. Uh I know what's going to happen. So then eggs became the breakfast food. All right. Well, I, for one, love eggs and my protein. I mean, wait, eggs (laughs) in my breakfast. I I like eggs in my protein, too. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. But, yeah, I you were correct. I knew the first two. Um, the diamond ring one is the reason why I don't want a diamond ring. Um, You're a rebel. I know, right? I'd prefer an amethyst, honestly. But... <laughs> because it's purple? Yes. Okay. <laughs> That's legit the reason. But, but, yeah. So, that is the origin of trick-or-treating. So, Robin, I believe you have mm-hmm. a story for us. I do the story for you. I'm going to adjust my microphone, so be warned. Hopefully that didn't cause a crazy amount of sound. Uh, Alright, yes, I have a story for you, and it is a spooky story. Zoe, I'm going to tell you once again <laughs> about the old house of woods. Well, you know now, what? You know this was deal. a really good one, so I'm okay with listening to this twice. Okay. Now, I also, because you know basically about much, as much about it as I do... So feel free to just like chime in with your thoughts, okay? Okay. We're getting to a new different format for two episodes. <laughs> well, All you right. know what? I'm super excited for the ducks. Yeah, those ducks, though. <laughs> All right, so the Old House Woods is in Diggs, Virginia, which is a marshy area along the Chesapeake Bay. And it is about 50 acres total and has pine trees And there's also a creek that winds through it called the White Creek that comes into play later. And because it is this really famous bay, there's a lot of ports near there. And so there's a lot of ships coming through the area and people would use these woods because it's on a strategic location and it's tall trees. So you can hide should you need to hide. So 
ghosties that that makes ghosties happen and just a little bit of for ambiance people who go in there they say some parts of it smell like sulfur at times that some say they feel like they can't breathe horses and other animals really don't seem to want to go in there and people who bring in particularly paranormal investigators who bring in their electronics leave and their electronics just don't work anymore Woo. so all the vibes all mm-hmm. the spooks plus it's called the old house woods right what is with that name i love it mm-hmm. now the reason it's called the old house woods is because there was a house at the center of them it was a wooden house and we think it was built maybe in the late 1700s it was alternately called the franny knight house and the old house I wish I could have found more information on it, but there's just not a lot out there. But what we do have about it is a story, and the story goes that at one point when it was long abandoned, nobody lived there except possibly there were spirits there, the house burnt, started burning spontaneously, and then as it was burning, the fire spontaneously stopped. Mm-hmm. which does not typically happen to yeah. a wooden house in the woods. And then, so, okay, people were like, that's weird. <laughs> <laughs> and then and then one more time, it spontaneously burnt up, and it did burn down to the foundations. And now that's all that's left there. Now, before we go into a lot of the other stories about this place, I wanted to give you one of my favorite things we do on this channel sometimes, which is a first-hand account that we find online. Right. So this is an anonymous comment written on the SNS Paranormal Research Group blog where they talk about the old house woods. And I'm going to edit this comment for clarity. In the early 70s, a friend and I went into the woods. We were in our teens at the time. We ran across an old home in the woods and went inside exploring. The home had not been lived in for some time. There was an old phonograph, the kind you wind up and it has the big metal horn. There were a lot of things still in the home, such as clothing and dishes. We explored some outside and there was an old brick well. We tried clearing some of the debris from the well to see how deep it was, but it was too much to handle by hand. We went back to my friend's house and told her dad. He wanted to see, so we went back to the woods with him. The house was gone. There was an old foundation left, but nothing like it had looked about an hour earlier. We knew it was the same place because the well was there and the debris we had pulled out was just the same as we had left it. We both knew it was the same spot we had been in that morning. I have been bothered by this for years. I am now 60, and to this day I know what happened was real. However, I cannot explain it. I love that story the second time as much as the first time. (laughs) Like the fact that it stays with him until he's in his 60s. That's the thing that really Mm -hmm. gets me is like I can get like running into something weird and forgetting about it 10 years later. But the fact that it stayed with him. I I don't think I can picture myself running into a house, looking around the house. (laughs) Leaving the house, coming back the same day, and seeing that the house was no longer in existence. Right. I don't know. I think that might be a thing that just stays with you. (laughs) Right. But, okay. Actually, okay, one thing I say a lot is that I like the little things that are just little tiny things you can't make sense of. Now, this is a big thing you can't make sense of. But I think that when I say sometimes that I want to be haunted, I don't like the idea of an actual presence being there. But I like the idea of something like this happening. Gotcha. Where it's like the memory of it haunting you rather than like a spectral being. Yeah, I want to be psychologically. (laughs) (laughs) I want, I just, I, it's just perfect. And it's so rife for story potential. Mm -hmm. Like I could imagine writing a memoir that was like, I saw a house. And then it wasn't there anymore. Oh, the metaphors that could come from that. Sorry. Okay. Robin, turn off your author brain. <laughs> I'll, I'll try to. Actually, this is making me... I don't know the story title. I can't remember it, but I'm going... Actually, no, it's called The Wind Eye. I can't remember the author, but I'll recommend it on our socials because it's so good. It is about a guy who, like, remembers an entire sister and a window in his house that doesn't... He at some point, doesn't exist anymore. Hmm. So good. So good. 
I'll, I'll put it up on socials. Okay. Um, now, one thing that happens when you have a lot of people going to a port and then hiding near the port is that there are treasures. People say that there's like a gazillion treasures underneath the old house woods. There are three stories in particular, but I'm sure if I spent more time digging, I would find a million more. Um, digging? I, I will give you the... Digging? What? Oh, digging! Yeah, digging for treasure. But I will tell you the three I found and the ghosts that survive. Okay. Mm, ghosts don't survive. The ghosts that stick around. <laughs> okay. Now, one story is that there were generic pirates <laughs> who were at sea got treasure, brought it to the old house woods, and thought, you know what we're going to do? We're going to bury these here. This is a good place to bury them. And so they buried them. And then they went back to the ocean. They died in a storm. And then they were like, but our gold. And so they did the logical thing. And their ghosts traveled back and will sometimes dig up the gold, I think, along the banks of the creek. Logically. That's one story. Did you say plausible? I said logically. Because you said logically, I mean, I what would you do with gold as a ghost? I don't know. I really don't know how the laws work. And so, if they dig it up, would it be ghost gold? Is that a thing? I have no idea. You say it like it's a thing. It could be a thing. I don't think the gold would be dead. Yeah, but like they could like dig it up, but they <laughs> aren't. Oh, <laughs> I'm so sorry. <laughs> You had, like, no recovery from that. You were just sneezing one second and the next. I am so sorry. I'm a professional, Zoe. Oh, I see. I see. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I, I feel like the gold would be real, but the okay. ghosts would be fake. Now, story number two about gold. King Charles II was apparently in some hot water in England where he was king of. Mm-hmm. And he, it was 1650s, and he was like, you know what, I might be exiled and or killed, so the thing I need to do is send myself, some, send future me <laughs> some gold via a ship to Virginia. So whenever you think you might be in some hot water, just send yourself a ship to Virginia. It'll, well, it won't be fine, actually. The story doesn't go that way. But apparently, supposedly, he sent a ship of gold and treasures to Virginia, and they were like, oh, look at these woods. Let's just, I guess, rest here. And apparently they rested for long enough that a group of indentured servants ransacked the ship, got all their gold, and then the servants were like, you know what, let's bury these in the old house woods. And so they did. And how does that end? (laughs) Okay, sometimes there are ghosts digging for treasure and or guarding it. So maybe it's like, they're guarding it, waiting for the king. I think if there are ghosts, and it is the ghosts of the people who were on the ship from Britain. Gotcha. All right. Now for story number three of this. Uh, oh, yeah. Okay. So, again with the Brits. This is during the Revolutionary War now. And General Cornwallis and his group, supposedly, had treasure from looting people, possibly. And they thought, okay, we have this. We need to bury it in the old house woods. There's a, there's a theme here. We need to bury it in the old house woods. We need to go fight our fight, win, and then we have treasure. Well, when they went to fight their fight, I don't know if you know how the Revolutionary War turned out, Zoe. I don't. But they did get captured, and they were unable to get to their treasure. And now sometimes there are British soldiers that come to uh, – the old house woods in their ghostly forms and are digging up the treasure and yes this will come up again yes and yeah i am doing weird hand signals if you can see <laughs> on the thing it's okay i was playing with my hair tie underneath the desk and i was like oh they can see my hands moving like that looks wrong so that's when i was like <laughs> <laughs> i'm playing with my hair yeah, tie bring the, the- we got to bring the hair tie into full view. Uh, okay, now, Zoe, I, I would love to just, I, I would love for you to not heard this already, but you have heard this already, I so have. I just need to tell everybody else. I'm not scared about pirates. I'm not scared of pirates. It's like, you know, I ain't afraid of no ghosts. I ain't afraid of no pirates. I am afraid of ghosts, but I don't even think I'm afraid of pirate ghosts. I just can't bring myself to feel fear about a guy with a parrot on his shoulder and... 
I just, it's not happening. It's not working. I'm so sorry. And the thing is, I have always lived on a coastal state. I've never lived at the coast, but I've always lived in a coastal state. And I go to the coast for my vacations. And I go on ghost tours because that's what I do. And they're always like, and Blackbeard went through here and he died and his ghost is here. And I'm like, okay, fine. I don't, this is not affecting me one way or another. Zoe, you have a story of being creeped out by a ghost tour that you went on in Charleston where they were like, and Blackbeard (laughs) died, it might be here, or some other pirate. It was, they mentioned pirates and ghosts. Yes, but what I was afraid of wasn't, well, I wasn't really afraid, but what concerned me wasn't the pirates. (laughs) What concerned me was that we were in a dungeon area at night with minimal lighting and we were walking around a room with wax figures. And I couldn't tell from a distance which wax figures were other people on the tour or actual Mm. wax figures. So I was watching them. I'm like, are you about to move? And if you do move, are you wearing pirate clothes or are you wearing tourist clothes? (laughs) I have definitely been in a situation where I'm like, wait, is that a person or just an inanimate object that's made to look like a person? And we both know that I ran out of that situation. That was the haunted trail we went to. Yeah. It was. Haunted in the trail. corn maze. We talked about this. We paid 20 bucks a couple of years ago to go to oh, a yes. corn maze. Yes. You mean deceased yes. farms. And I did not. Yes. And I did not last very long because of that exact sensation you're describing now. Pirates were not involved. Perhaps if it had been a pirate situation, I would have been like, "Psha, I can handle this." So, Robin, what you're saying is that I need to find a pirate-themed haunted corn maze for you to go. That's through. not exactly what I'm saying now. I, I think that's what you're saying. That's <laughs> what I'm hearing. Pirates hang out in corn. They're on the water, maybe. <laughs> maybe they're corn pirates. Yeah. I'm sure that's it. Like, they're like, pick up an ear of corn. They're like, ooh, I can sell this for a dollar. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll be made. Man, what if pirates still existed today? I bet you there are just some skeevy people on boats. You know pirates do exist today, right? Really? Yeah. Whoa. There are people, on, there are people on boats who um, board other boats and steal money, kill people, things like that. That's not good. No, wow. they're, they're criminals. <laughs> okay, well, okay, thank you for sharing that. You know, I feel like that's something I should have known. Uh, There's a Tom Hanks movie they- about it. Oh, yeah, where he's on the boat. And he's like, look at me, I'm the captain now. Oh, yeah. Okay, you know what? We're going to watch that. I mean, well, I'm going to watch that. You can watch it with me if you want. Okay, okay. okay. Uh, <laughs> but... I need to tell you a little bit more about the treasure and the finding it. There is, apparently, apparently, there is a pool of, like, gray water in the middle of the old house woods. And, Zoe, do you remember what it's called? Oh, it's old? Yeah. Something pond. It's old? No. No. No, I... It's 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 a noun and a noun. I know it's old noun noun. It's old noun noun because that's how we name things. Old house woods, old creepy lake. I don't know. Creepy's an adjective. Old cow hole. Old, old cow hole. That's right, cow hole. Okay. <laughs> yeah. How could I forget so the cow, old hole? cow hole? Is a pond of gray water in the old house woods and apparently this is supposedly where all of the gold is buried which i don't know why you would bury it underneath the pond but that is what we're going with and <sighs> zoe you had said a really good line in the previous recording that i wish we had been able to savage but you had said you know what would solve all this some gold detectors some metal detectors mm-hmm. but the thing is it wouldn't it wouldn't because it wouldn't because zoe maybe you would find the gold but we wouldn't sorry i heard a door open oh scary when you're talking about scary things Uh, maybe you would find the gold but we wouldn't necessarily find you in the 1800s a man named tom pipkin was like 
I'm going to go and I'm going to find that buried treasure. So he went into the old house woods on a little rowboat. His rowboat came out, but he did not. And when they found the rowboat, they found a silver cup and two gold coins. Now, I don't know about you, but I don't typically go treasure hunting with a little bit of treasure already in my pocket. I might bring a 20, (laughs) but that's it. On the several times I do this. Yes. I don't do this. He, it seems from that description that maybe he found the gold and then was not able to survive the excursion. Right. And I'm going to go on a little rant again. Okay. Because I take great issue with how these people are treating this gold, which is to uh, bury it in the old house woods. And then because you didn't take any with you, when you die inevitably away from the old house woods, you go and try to spend your life afterlife digging it up. Now, here's the thing. I watch Outer Banks and I don't know if anybody here has seen season two, but I don't think it's terribly spoilery to say that season two... 50% of the time, the characters are opening this locked cabinet, looking at $500 million worth of tiny gold bars, being like, whoa, that's beautiful, and then closing the cabinet again and swiftly leaving the area. (laughs) Now, here's what I would do. If I'm like, listen, my primary objective here is to get the gold. If that is my primary objective of this plot, I open the doors. I'm like, wow, that's beautiful. I snag five. I take five gold bars, and yeah, my pockets are a little weighed down, but you know what? I have, what was the estimate? I'm about $700,000 now, so I'm good. And these people just don't do that, and it's so frustrating, and apparently these treasure guys don't do that, and I'm just like, just skim off the top. Just skim off the top. Just a little. Just take a little bit with you. Buy a sandwich later. I don't know. Yeah. That is um, it um, do you take gold bars? <laughs> do you have change for $70,000 worth of gold? I mean, I, I think I would take it to, like, a, a pawn shop or a gold value. I mean, there are people who buy gold. Yes. I'm not just taking it into, like, the mall. I'm like, hey, Claire's employee, <laughs> you pierced my ears when I was eight. Can you do this? Yep, exactly. Yeah. So, we are done with pirates, but we are not done with ships. Because, Zoe, apparently there are ghost ships. Yes. That come into the old house woods waters. In the late 1800s, a man named Ben Farabee was a fisherman. He was fishing along White Creek. White 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 Creek. White Creek in his widow boat. (laughs) (laughs) He was fishing along White Creek in his little boat and. Through the fog came a gigantic, all-lit-up ship with a whole bunch of people on board who were just going about their business. But he was looking up at this and thinking, there's not enough room on this water for both of us. So he was like, hey, guys. Hey, guys. I'm here. I'm here. Please don't hit me. And, you know, they were just going about their ghostly business, not noticing. And at this point, I don't think he was thinking ghosts. By the way, he couldn't hear anything. They were like, it was completely quiet from the boat. And then he kept trying to turn his boat, but it just wasn't working. He was going to get hit. And then last minute, the ship changed the tiniest bit of direction and went right past him, almost hitting him. And it went up to the beach. And he said when it immediately passed it past him, he started hearing organ and harp music. Which is the creepiest kind of music to randomly hear. I'm, I hear that and I just feel like it's minor tones, you know, like right. creepy, dun, 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 dun. Dun, 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 dun. Dun, 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 dun. And the, the ship went up to the beach, and then I guess it hit the sand, and then it went up. And it went over the tops of the trees of the old house woods. Just started flying. And by this point, I do think Ben Farabee is thinking, ghost ship? And it let down a ladder, like a rope ladder, and the people who were on board climbed down into the trees. And Ben Farabee went home, noted that his wife had not made him dinner, (laughs) and then noted that she was praying with their children. So he and the wife make eye contact across the room, and she says, well, she doesn't say anything. She points to the woods, and he says that he knew then 
that she had seen the ship as well. Well, it sounds like the ther- therapy, the, the, the whatever family needs some therapy. Fa- the fer- therapy. therapy. Yeah, the therapy family the needs some therapy. Therapies need therapy. Yes, that yeah. was the pun I was trying to make. Thank you. It, w- mm-hmm. it, it was a rhyme. I wouldn't exactly call it a pun. It's a play on words. But you can call it whatever you want. I respect that. It's playing with words. Yes, it's true. You know, for the longest time, I thought pun was an acronym for play on words. That's pawn. So I was thinking play un, U-N, and then I just forgot that words started with a W and not an N. Yeah. I wasn't a smart child. Thank you for sharing that. You're welcome. Thank you. So we have another fellow who saw the ship as well. His name is Henry Forrest. Mm-hmm. He's my which, friend. He's your friend? Yeah. I really like him. This he, guy provides a lot of material. He does. He's see If there's something to see in the old house woods, this guy has seen it. This guy has shot at it. <laughs> <laughs> so he has seen this ghost ship as well. He says he was, you know... In the woods, by the woods. I picked up from context clues that I think he lived right beside the woods. And he said he saw the ship go over the trees. But it wasn't so much a rope ladder that was let down. He said, and I might have read this wrong, but I think that this is what he was talking about. A chain was let down. Mm -hmm. And apparently the chain being let down created so much friction that the ghost ship burnt up in the air. Right. I think. Which is kind of funny if that is the case, because that's, like, another thing to somewhat spontaneously catch fire. That, that is and true. And Who maybe maybe it was the ghost ship sparks that caused the house to burn. Headcanon. I'm going with it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So now, on to other ghosts, because that's my section title. We're still with Henry Forrest because he was about to shoot some ducks. Some ducks. Old, some ducks in the old house woods. He picked up his rifle. He pointed it at the ducks and then realized these aren't ducks. Zoe, what are these? Do you remember? Yes, they're red coats. Yeah. They are Thank ghost you. red coats. You get a gold star. Yay! These were British soldiers. And he saw that they were no longer ducks, they were British soldiers. He, with his gun, turned around and ran back to his boat. Except when he ran back to his boat, he saw that there was a British soldier already on it, looking back at him. And, according to an article on Mysterious Universe by Brent Swancer called The Mysteries of Virginia's Cursed Forest, the British soldier said... You shoot, and the devil's curse to you and your traitors breed. I know! I know! I love that line! Yep. Because it's not just, like, your kids and your descendants or whatever. It's your traitors breed. It's, like, everyone. Like, you are such a traitor. Just, you, you, like, it's, it, oh, so good. I wish that the Witch of Yezu had that to share. I think right. that every curse should involve curse on the traitor's breed. <laughs> yes. Yes. Next time I get uh, cut off in traffic, curse you and your traitor's breed. <laughs> oh, shoot. Yeah. Okay. I love it. I love it. I love it. Uh, so this guy who had just cursed him and his traitor's breed, Henry shot at him, but... what happens when you shoot a ghost not much and the guy was like okay i think the guy was coming toward him maybe and so henry ran away in a different direction and obviously survived because he lived to tell the tale and other tales okay like this one which is tied for my second favorite ghost story of this collection of larger ghost stories i'm telling you so he like i said uh i presume had farm fields beside the woods so he looked out into his cornfield and he saw a white ox and he was like i don't have a white ox so he went down into the field 
And as he got closer to it, he realized it wasn't a white ox. It was a coffin with a white sheet over it. And as he looked at it, it started to hover in the air. And then as if it was being walked off because it was up in the air and it was moving like it was being handled. Mm -hmm. And it was walked into the old house woods. And Henry knows this because he was like, I'm going to follow the coffin. (laughs) And he walked behind the coffin until it went into the woods. Now, I'm assuming Henry thought this was odd, though, again, Henry's seen a lot of things, so I don't know what his barometer for oddness is. (laughs) But I think the story got even more weird for him because next week, uh, a man named Harry Daniels had died uh, in the area on a ship because a boiler exploded. And on the beach, they were carrying the coffin that had Harry inside it uh, down to the hearse. And I'm guessing that it was the same coffin. I think it had the white sheet over it. And uh, Henry Forrest said that it had that same motion of being walked. Um, walked in a very peculiar way because he said it looked a little bit different than most coffins did when they were being walked. To the point that he was like, yeah, that's the same thing. Mm-hmm. The forest was foretelling something. Yeah, that's some like wibbly wobbly timey whiny stuff with like <laughs> prophetic visions and yeah that's um that that forest has some hoodoo in it i i agree that is some i (sighs) that just must be the weirdest experience to see that and be like oh wait that was the same thing that happened before i don't that's just my favorite my second favorite there's one other one that i really really like uh but yeah i'm starting to realize that i like it when things are one thing and then shift into another thing Mm mm-hmm it feels very uh, Ovid. He wrote Metamorphoses. Right, yeah. Um, and very good stuff. I mean, it's ancient. You probably know it way more. I don't need to recommend it because it's pretty well known. But just if you, if you want to be like, whoa, that's trippy, go check it out. <laughs> <laughs> now, uh, the Old House Woods has their own chaotic neutral or chaotic evil version of mary the wanderer yes i tell you her descriptions are a bit more trippy than our our mary the wanderer from episode one so similar in that there is a woman in a white dress but she apparently glows blue or green she is seen either walking through the woods or like above the treetops which is not a typical place you see people. No, no, not typically. No. And when a storm is coming, she screams so loud. It is inhuman. And they call her the Storm Woman. Yeah, that's that's a name for her. All right. <laughs> I, I just can't get over. What if, like, you're at home and you suddenly hear screaming, oh, it's going to rain later today. Like. I just. <laughs> what if she like just started taking her job a little bit too seriously, and instead of just major hurricanes, she really was like, "It's foggy." <laughs> <laughs> uh-huh. That would be. You know what? That's my new dream job: to just stand on the top of trees and just start screaming at whatever weather I see coming our way. It's gonna rain. The humidity is at 60%. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, I would. That's my dream job now. Well, you know what? These, there might be more openings than you think because a lot of coastal towns have these storm foretellers. Uh, I'm not talking about weather people, I'm talking about ghosts <laughs> that they say. You can, I just really sound that sounded. Ghosts you can see when you, you look outside of the beach, you see them, and they're there. <laughs> and you're like, wait, that means there's a storm. Because, okay, there's a guy named the Gray Man. And I know you haven't heard of the Gray Man, but I've heard of him. And apparently, I've heard of him in Georgia, and I've heard of him in South Carolina. And apparently, if you see him walking along the coast, he's a man in a gray suit. There is a storm a Bruin. And, like, a major storm, like, hurricane, life-threatening, board up, get inside. This is not good. I'm going to start paying some, like, random guy to walk around in a gray suit on the coast. 
like anytime a hurricane's going to come, just so maybe people will take that seriously. Because you know there's still way too many people who are like, it's just a small little hurricane, and they don't leave. Yeah, I really don't get the mindset of people who stay instead of leave during big hurricanes. Um, I mean, I, I do get the idea of being tied to a certain place, mm-hmm. but just a weekend. Take a weekend trip somewhere. Take the yeah. cats. Yeah. Go for a weekend. And at the way our world's going, soon Columbia is going to be a coastal city, so we'll be able to figure that out firsthand, Robin. <laughs> Yay. Yay. Okay. Now on to my favorite story from the old house woods. So this woman, uh, she lived beside the old house woods and she, what is up with your face? Okay, you good? Yeah, I'm good. Okay. <laughs> I, I, I drink so, too much Diet Coke. I was afraid. Oh, of mm-hmm. okay, okay. Everything's better in moderation, Zoe. Yeah. <laughs> she, she lived beside the old house woods and it was evening time. She had a couple of workhorses and so she saw them. She was like, okay, I'll bring you into the barn. So She led them into a barn, and when she got there, the door opened, and her husband came out. And she was like, hey, I'm just leading the horses into the barn. Will you put them in for me? And he was like, uh, I already did that. They're already in there. And she said, no, they're not. And then she looked back to bring them in, and it was two dogs without heads. Two black dogs without heads. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. I distinctly remember these. Yeah, and she... Uh, when she did look back at them, she saw them clocked what they were, because I'm sure they looked different than they did the first time. They ran back into the woods immediately. And there are tales of these dogs doing, uh, attacking cars going past, I think maybe attacking people, and then they will disappear at random times. Like, your car could be mid-attack, and then it stops, suddenly. If they're headless, Mm -hmm. how do they attack things? Because, like, I know dogs have... I don't think the dogs are always headless. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, and also, I mean, claws, stuff like that. Yeah. And then there are other headless cattle that are described as being around the woods and in the woods, etc. etc. That sounds like fun. Yeah. In 1926, there was a man named Jesse Hudgens who was... Uh, in the old house woods with his horse when he saw a bright light. And as it got closer, he realized that out of the bright light was coming a glowing skeleton in armor. Actually, quite a few glowing skeletons in armor. I forgot about this somehow. Forgot about the glowing (laughs) skeletons in armor? Yes. I just think of old house woods and this is like that and the flying ship is just the two images I have in there from it. And so... Uh, he, he was, I guess, calm, cool, and collected, but one approached him, and it pulled out a sword, and it waved the sword at him, and it also smiled at him. And I think that's the thing that tipped him over the edge, because he doesn't remember the rest. Last, next thing he remembers, he is being woken up in his bed by his family. And Uh, they say, hey, are you okay? We, we found you on the road outside the old house woods, and we wanted to make sure that you were okay and we took you back home and also your horse ran away and this guy's like oh wow was this real or was this a dream but we think it was real because the horse came back to him but whenever the horse would get near the old house wood it would not go any further the horse was traumatized by that night and that guy was convinced okay this was a real deal a glowing skeleton waved a sword at me. Just real question. Um, how how does a skeleton smile at someone? Oh, you know, that didn't occur to me. <laughs> uh, maybe it's just like, I guess, yeah, okay, we need muscles to smile, but my guess is maybe it's just like, maybe it's mouth open. Yeah. It's actually creepier. It's just like. It's just like. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's exactly what happened. I think we cracked the case. Zoe. Yes, that's that's it. Uh, there is one other guy who uh, also have seen glowing skeletons. He was at a road near the Old House Woods, which is in a rural area, so, you know, kind of back road near the Old House Woods. 
His car was having trouble. He was pulled off to the side. He was working on the car at night. And he hears something come up behind him. He looks around. And it is a glowing skeleton in armor. And the glowing skeleton in armor asks him if they are on the king's highway and that he's lost his ship. So so the skeleton speaks. The skeleton speaks in this one. Oh. And asks if they are on the king's highway. Uh-huh. And says that he has lost his ship. To which case, if I were in a state of mind where I was not running away, I would say, well, you know, just check the tops of the trees. Uh, maybe, <laughs> maybe the storm woman can direct you to where your your ship is floating. Uh-huh. But unfortunately, I think my mind would be much more to flight rather than just stay around and chat, as was the guy who saw him because he ran away until morning when he came back to get his car. Yeah, that sounds realistic. <laughs> now... <laughs> Now to round up the episode, I have a couple more uh, stories, uh, personal stories I've found in comments along the internet of people who have visited the Old House Woods themselves. But before I get into this, just so you know, the Old House Woods is private property, so don't actually go there. Yes, don't do it. Please, don't, don't, do don't, it. don't do it. Don't do it. And if you do it, don't tell them we sent you. Don't do it. <laughs> <laughs> don't do it, but don't tell them. I am laying down the law. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so... Weird World did a YouTube video about the Old House Woods, which will be linked in our show notes as... Well, no. It will be linked in our blog, which is linked to on our show notes. So you can find it there. Uh, But on that video, David Harris commented and said this. My wife and I stayed a weekend there about 15 years ago with some friends. The house we stayed in was owned by our friend's parents. The house was on the edge of the woods, overlooking the water, and had about five tombstones on the property. Over the course of the weekend, we used a Ouija board, contacted a spirit that never gave a name but encouraged us to come to the woods. After much debate, we set out with flashlights and cameras. During our walk, I saw a pale green light, roughly the size of a grapefruit, maybe larger, floating about 50 yards away and up into the treetops. Once we made contact with the road leading to the beach, I could feel eyes watching us. We heard sounds like a voice gurgling, rustling and growling. I took photos of movement and what looked like glowing eyes. My wife was touched on the shoulder by something we never saw. This is just a few things that happened. I'd be typing all day fully to tell it all. My camera never worked again after that night, so I was unable to review my pics. We went back to the Jeep later. Something moved it while it was parked and our friend saw a misty white apparition approaching the vehicle all in all it was a very active place when i was a child our family rented a house on gwen's island facing south towards old house woods my brother and i saw a ship that looked to be of the 1700s sailing in the direction of the old house woods during a massive storm we saw it in the afternoon light of day and that is the end of David's story. I would like to put a bit of a clarification in there. I heard it when I read it out loud. I don't think he was saying something moved the car. I think he was saying that something moved by the car when they were inside it. Gotcha. Yeah. If one of those things could happen to me when visiting the location, I would be happy. If one of those things happened to me while visiting the location, I'd be freaked out. <laughs> I also think, like, okay, imagine, Zoe, you and I are, and this is not actually, I'm not saying that this is happening, this is not a command, I'm saying this as a hypothetical. You and I are by some woods, by some creepy woods called the Old House Woods, okay? We are doing a Ouija board. (gasps) The Ouija won't tell us its name. The spirit won't tell us its name. But it's like, come to the woods. I don't go to the woods. I go to the the woods. woods? I go to the woods. I go to the woods. I don't. I go to the woods. Okay, the thing is, (laughs) There is both no way that I'm entering those woods after that, and there is no way I'm letting you enter those woods alone. I'm going into those woods. I'm bringing you into those woods. See, I envision myself just body slamming you to the ground. But then again, (laughs) as we have previously discussed, in a fight, most likely you're winning because you're the one who beats people up. Yes. In your karate classes. Yes. Where I'm just getting by on my wit. I will fireman carry you into those woods. Honestly, that would just be so funny. Can you imagine that? <laughs> oh my god! What a horror movie that would make. Oh my god, that would actually make a really funny horror movie where like one of us just absolutely doesn't want to be there, but like also is kind of, it's literally being forced into it. 
and then also doesn't want to abandon the other person. I oh, see. I see a skit. I see a skit in our future, Robin. <laughs> TikTok. Yep. TikTok, we're coming at you. <laughs> All right. I have a couple more comments. One is by Shane Anderson on that same Weird World YouTube video. If you want to explore the woods at night, don't, as it's private property. Thanks, Shane. <laughs> I've explored along the roadside at night, and the dread feeling is very real. The only thing we've gotten there is a picture of what looks to be a skull made of fog on a fogless night. I do plan on going again soon. I'm assuming that he meant that he was exploring the road that's not... A road near it, maybe? That's hopefully not private property, because he did say don't do it. But also, I'm going to do it again. At least that's what he's admitting to. At least that's what he's admitting to, yeah. I also love that he said, I only got... A picture of a foggy skull on a fogless night. Did you see that? Yeah. Ready? Yeah, I've been watching her this whole time. Oh, you have? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> well, she settled back into her, her cat tree. Her little cat stump, really, is what it is. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, yeah. I If I got, like, a picture of a skull of fog... I would not say only. These people are having just so many, like, paranormal experiences, and they're like, well, it was just this. And I'm, like, still capitalizing, not capitalizing, I'm still going on about the fact that I think a ghost touched my shoulder once. <laughs> <laughs> well, so, Robin, um, we're going on a trip. First stop will be the um, Devil Shrimping Ground. Second stop will be an area near these woods. Okay. Okay, cool. Like, I could hang out in Diggs, Virginia, for a bit. Is that where it's near? Yeah, that's the town. Okay. Cool. Um, okay, so, then on a Seeks Ghosts blogspot post about the Old House Woods, a person under the name Dr. Diggs commented, my, old, my adult son and I came to the area June 18th through the 19th, 2019, for the first time, to enjoy the area and research our ancestors who settled in the area in the mid-1600s. So, of course, Old House Woods Road at Haven Beach Road was a must-see. On the 18th, we arrived around 1130. We drove slowly back and forth down the two roads. We both noticed a sharp change in temperature several times on Haven Beach Road, near the parking area, and both of us felt lightheaded on a few occasions. We had made our last round and was leaving when we experienced something unexplainable. I was driving slowly and out of nowhere, a strange, white, glowing figure about four feet tall and a couple feet wide appeared in front of the car on the driver's side. We sat perfectly still and quiet, and after about ten to fifteen seconds, the figure hugged the car and moved quickly around behind the car and stopped at the front passenger side of the car. At that point, I hit the gas, and after a few minutes of collecting ourselves, we returned, but didn't see anything else. Although we didn't experience pirates or ghost ships in the sky, what we saw was very, very real, and we are now staunch believers that there is definitely supernatural activity in the Old House Woods Road area. Alright. I love that. And that's the last of my story. Alright, well thank you very much for sharing, Robin. Well, thank you for having me, Zoe. I really appreciate mm-hmm. you. Let me be on the podcast. Uh-huh. Uh, if you want to have me back, just let me know. Okay. You have my information. I don't know if I will reach out again, honestly, but... I understand. I mean, I understand. keep your hopes up. Keep your hopes up. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, actually, right, if you en- one yeah. thing before we go into a final, I do want to say I meant to announce this at the beginning. Our Patreon is live. Yay! So um, you can go to patreon.com slash hauntedhospitality. That is (laughs) P-A-T-R-E-O-N. I always spell it wrong. Dot com slash hauntedhospitality. And we have one tier. It is $3 per month. Um, If you sign up for that tier, once you sign up, Robin and I will read your name out loud on the podcast as a special thank you. And you will get access to our mini-sodes, which are extra episodes. Right now we have three live. One where Rob and I discuss the movie The Woman in Black. One where we give each other tarot card readings. And one where we get buzzed and do BuzzFeed quizzes called BuzzFeed Quizzes. BuzzFeed horror-themed quizzes. 
Yes, horror-themed quizzes. Thank you, Robin. Yeah, horror-themed <laughs> quizzes. Uh, and so as you can probably see, we're doing things a little bit differently for our Patreon. Uh, and so mo- all of the ones we've recorded for our Patreon so far are not researched episodes. They're us doing fun, spooky things or watching interesting, spooky things and talking about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we are planning at some point to do uh, researched episodes that are not necessarily about the South. Exactly. Like, I want to do the Black Eyed Kids. I think Robin wants to do Mothman. Oh, yeah. I was, I mean, okay, if we can actually get a Southern instance of Black Eyed Children, I think that'd be great for our main podcast, honestly. But it's true. We'll figure it out. out Okay. But (laughs) I would love to do the Mothman. But yes. So um, the episodes, the extra episodes will come out starting November 13th, and it'll come out every month on the 13th. So it's just $3 a month. What? Because we're spooky. Yes, because we're spooky. So it's $3 a month, um, and it will help Robin and I pay for uh, just general podcast things, like these microphones are cheap, and um, actually help us with our research, because there's a lot of uh, newspapers and sources that are behind a paywall. So it'll help us with Mm -hmm. that, and it will help us with our website as well. Yeah. All right, guys, if you enjoyed today's episode, please like, subscribe, review, and tell a friendo, because that is the best way to get the word out about the podcast you like to listen to. Yes. And if you want to submit your own stories, your spooky stories, whether that be true crime or supernatural, that's the word, um, you can submit them to hauntedhospitalitypodcast at gmail.com. Also, if you want to see the link and others that Robin mentioned and her show notes, you can go to, well, you can see the show notes anywhere, but you can see her blog at hauntedhospitality.wordpress.com. Yeah, and if you are on the interwebs, you can find us at Twitter at Haunted Hosts. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and TikTok at Haunted Hospitality. I was about to say you can find us at LinkedIn. <laughs> Oh, yep, You're definitely. That's <laughs> not our audience. No. Uh, you can find, yeah, yeah, you know, Haunted Hospitality. We hope to see you there. Stay spooky. Spooky. <laughs> there is a delay. Yep, there is a delay, but it's okay. We Stay got spooky. it. Stay spooky. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Bye. Bye. <laughs>